Fellow Mountaineers, you made it to episode 9 of the Bearded Eared podcast titled Trust the Beard. In this episode, I will review West Virginia's big win over rival Pitt in the 106th edition of the Backyard Brawl. Before we get started, I want to remind all the old grads and young lads that you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Just search Trust the Beard. And for more content, follow me on Facebook and X at Earbeard. That's E-E-R-B-E-A-R-D. Without further ado, let's jump into episode 9, which I have titled Pitiful. Hey guys, I'm going to interrupt this episode. Uh, so I've listened to this over and over and over, my recordings, and really I just want to let you guys know that this episode is basically uh, the ramblings of a madman, uh, so to speak. Um, I don't get a lot into the numbers. This is just a fan perspective uh, of the backyard brawl. You know, with it being such an emotional game, it didn't matter what the record was, it didn't matter what the stats were and the numbers. It just mattered if you won the game. So this review kind of reflects that. Uh, I don't go into the numbers a lot. Uh, I go over a few stats, but just from a fan perspective, this is just my emotional reaction to what I saw. So with that said, uh, we'll jump back in. I hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. Hey, Mountaineer fans. So in this first segment, we're just going to look at my initial thoughts of the backyard brawl. Uh, later, we'll get into the offense and defense, and and we'll talk about Garrett Green and Nico and things like that. But I just want to give you my initial reactions and, and thoughts about the backyard brawl uh, from a fan perspective, you know, strictly from a fan, as I record this on Monday morning. Oh, boy, that was, uh, that win came at the perfect time. Um, I felt relief as much as I did excitement. Um, at the end, when I realized that we were going to win, the game was over. I, I jumped around in my living room, um, you know, probably pumped my fist in the air a hundred times. It just giddy <laughs> is a good word to describe it. I mean, it it just felt so good to get that win. And I know all the fans across the state feel the exact same, um, you know, and what that win meant to our state, our fans, the university itself, the athletic program, the football team, the, the players, and, and even Neil Brown. And really, as Neil Brown alluded to, like their families, you know, the coaches' families. Um, you know, we all haven't been fans of Neil Brown these four years, and he's taken a lot of flack. You know, some deserve, maybe some not. But their families take on that too, right? You know, the, these guys, they go home and they, they carry that weight with them. And I'm sure it affects their family in a, in a certain way too. So just to get that win, um, you know, it, it did feel like a monkey off our back, like for this season, you know, that, that was the first step and many steps that we need to take, uh, you know, to get the, the program back to where, you know, we as fans want it to be. 
but there was just so much excitement and buildup around it. Even though the teams projected aren't really that good for the season, you know, neither one of us were really projected to have great seasons. I know Pitt probably wanted to be a little better than they are now, maybe hover around that top 25 area, but, um, you know, I think they've shown that they're not very good this year. But even with that, it, there's, there was so much surrounding this game, and boy, we needed that so bad, and we came out and just put it right to them, and it, it's such a good feeling. Uh, you know, the atmosphere, I wish I could have been there. Um, you know, I, I attended Duquesne last week. Uh, I usually go to about one a year, maybe two if I'm lucky, so I, I did sit this one out, but it the the atmosphere looked amazing and you know I've experienced many of those you know I attended West Virginia uh, in the early 2000s and and I lived in Morgantown for 20 years so I I certainly had my fair share of big time games and that seemed like it was one of them Uh, and if you're a fan of West Virginia and that was your first time attending especially young fans or even a recruit or, or a player that's you know wants to walk on one day, anything like that. I'm so glad you got to experience that because it is a, it's something you can't describe. And Neil Brown said it best. You know, he said, if you could bottle that and sell it, um, you'd probably make a lot of money. And I believe that because, you know, as someone who's a West Virginia native, uh, you know, born and raised here, a WVU alum, I just... There's no greater feeling than, than a big uh, a big win at night like that in prime time, especially against your rival, against Pitt, backyard brawl under the lights. And at the end, you're arm in arm with fellow Mountaineers singing country roads. It just, it's such a good feeling. And again, I, I can't describe enough how excited and relieved I felt and, and really just happy for the state altogether to get a win. You know, I, I know we don't play, it's the players that play, but um, we're such a unique place. Like we we are so invested in that team. Um, they are a true representative of all of us. So for us to get that win, it, it just means so much to a lot of people. Um, one of the things that surprised me, not really a surprise, but I was glad to see it is our physicality. Um, Man, we just, we came out and we put it right to them. And that's just, it was so good to see. You know, aside from blowing them out by like 30 or 40 points, this might be the next best way to beat them is, is you know, this two teams that were going to play good defense in the run, right? That, that kind of old school football like you used to see with like Alabama and LSU. You know, the final score was like nine to six or something. But to beat them in that way, like almost at their own game as well, and just put it to them and push them off the line, getting four or five yards of carry, it, it, and, and sacking their quarterback, I'm not sure how many times I'll have to look at that. And, you know, we'll get into that when we talk about the defense. But And I know Neil said that they worked on physicality. They worked on tackling. They worked on getting turnovers. And all that... Uh, you know, all that happened in that game, right? We we were so physical. Like I said, we put it to them. Uh, we were 
I wouldn't say aggressive, but in the run game we were. There was a lot of third down calls where where Neil called for a run. Like he was not afraid to just put it to him. And it's exactly what we did. And that kind of leads me to my my next point I have in my notes here is is what we learned about the team and Neil Brown. Um, This team has a little bit of an edge, you know, more so than I think his previous four years. And I always thought that was something that was kind of missing, like that X factor. It's like we just didn't seem to have, uh, I guess you could say, like that mean streak to just push people around. And this team certainly has it. Now, what we've seen up to this point, you know, a, a good Penn State team, an FCS team, and a what I would call a below average pit team. I, I still don't know where we stand overall, but I can definitely tell you that we are better than any previous team that Neil Brown has had at West Virginia. Um, and what I think we learned about Neil is I think Neil has a little bit more of an edge than what we realized, um, according to this game. Um, and, and maybe this is what it took. Maybe he's always had that and just maybe didn't have the players to to show it I'm not sure maybe it took you know having his job hang in the balance to realize that hey we got to step this up a notch um, with our physicality and aggressiveness I'm not sure but whatever whatever it was uh, I, I think he he showed me at least that he is willing to be a little bit more aggressive in that stuff you know we you start going for more fourth downs this year I've noticed and I know when I say aggressive is you know we're not throwing the ball downfield a lot and part of that had to do with Garrett Green being out and Nico coming in right Neil Brown said he shortened the the playbook to half a page of that he thought was he would be comfortable with Nico um but even with that, like I said, on third downs, you know, we were running the ball. Third and fives, third and sixes. And I think that's that's aggressive in, in that sense, right? We weren't playing it safe and punting. Um, but overall, just that's... Uh, emotionally, I have to rate that uh, an A. Um, you know, we'll, again, we'll dive into some numbers and, and we'll look at things like that. Uh, but for... The, the X factor of it, of, of what that win meant, the timing of it, and, and what we saw out of the team. Like I said, emotionally, um, I give that an A. So with that said, we'll jump into the next segment. We'll look at the offense and the defense. And, and like I said, we'll touch on Garrett Green and Nico as well. Before we get into the offensive and defensive numbers specifically, you know, last segment I, I gave you the positives uh, about the backyard brawl, like the, the emotion, the physicality, everything that looked good. Now in this segment, um, I'm going to temper expectations just a little bit. Um, you know, it, it, it always feels good to get a win. It's easier to talk about what we need to work on when you win. Um, those meetings are easier, I'm sure, on Sundays and Mondays uh, with your staff after a win. But also we have to put in perspective, and I do like saying this, 
how bad of a team Pitt is. Um, now I know our play factored into that, but also Pitt is bad. Uh, their quarterback Jerkovic, um, you know, it, it's hard to see on the TV screen uh, the ho- the whole field as as plays develop. Uh, but some of his throws, you know, you you kind of question like, what the heck was he looking at? Um, and again, as 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 the week goes on, and more people dive into it, and we, and we get Neil's uh, press conference and stuff like that, I'm sure it will be revealed that whether we caused some of that, whether it was miscommunications on Pitt's part, or they're just bad. <laughs> And, I, and again, I love saying that. I love saying that that pit is so bad, but I don't want us to overinflate the victory. Um, you know, we, we performed well and, and we rose to the occasion, right? I'm not taking anything away from us, certainly with our defense, uh, you know, performing how we did. I don't know if last year's defense would have done that, right? We, we took care of a lot of opportunities, but, you know, kind of, jumping ahead and getting to the defense, but, but I, again, I just want to temper expectations. Um, you know, we, we stopped their run, um, and we, we ran all over them, but if you look at the, the stats altogether, it, it was pretty even, right? Turnovers, I think was, um, were the major factor, but long-term, as far as our schedule goes, uh, this, this is a drop in the bucket, Right. As I said earlier, this is one step of quite a few that we have to take to, to get back to where we want to be. And I, I've said before, I've, I've put on Twitter or X and I've put on Facebook um, all through the offseason. We need to start three and one. If we start three and one, uh, that is a good um, jumping off point for a successful season, you know, and in terms of of where we've been, right? Seven, eight wins. I think eight wins would be, would solidify uh, a, a great season. Measuring against what we've seen so far in the first four years. Obviously, you know, a 10, 11 win season would be amazing, but I, I don't think we're expecting that this year. But we wanted to turn a corner, right? We wanted to take the next step. We needed to see something. Well, the pit game was something, you know, that that's what we wanted to see. So now uh, we got to get back to work, right? We, we can't let this be a hangover uh, feeling, right? Uh, it's big emotional win. Like I said, we needed that. Um, but now there's another step, right? If, if we're still climbing, you know, that that wasn't the top, not by a long shot. You know, we still got Texas Tech. We got to travel to TCU. We have to travel to Houston. We get Oklahoma State at home. And I said in my last episode, you know, by the beginning of October, before we go into Houston, you know, we kind of have like a three quarters of a bye. It's not a full two weeks. We have a Saturday off, and then we go into Houston the following Thursday. By that game, we we will know how good we are. Um, and that. It was the first step, certainly, like I said, but now it's time to get back to work and we got Texas Tech. So, um, you know, they've they've had our number under the Neil Brown era. 
for whatever reason, I don't know. They've had some close games. Uh, last year was a bit of a blowout. So it's time to return the favor. And, and I hope this is one of those games that we have circled. You know, we, we always talk about that. Certainly Pitt is always one of those you want to circle. Um, and the stakes are high. You know, having two... You don't want to call them must-wins, but they kind of are. Having two must-wins back-to-back so early in the year, right? Usually you see that later, you know, if you're trying for a bowl or you're trying to make your conference title game. Uh, you know, we saw that in 2018 with, with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Those were must-wins to get to the Big 12 title. But we're in September, and we have two must-wins. Uh, that's huge. And, you know, we took care of one, and now it's time to take care of the other. And even if we would beat Texas Tech, we got to get locked back in um, and, and head down to uh, Fort Worth to take on TCU. So that's kind of where I wanted to address in this segment, right? As, 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 high, as, high, as high as we are on the emotions of the pit game, um, you know, and as fans, we can kind of carry that on through the week. But for the coaches and players... Uh, it, it's back to business, right? We we got to take that and we got to build off of it. So um, that's kind of what I wanted to address in this segment. That you know the the season's not over. Uh, Neil Brown has not uh, solidified himself for the next year. Uh, there's still a lot of work to do. Uh, but again, this was the first step. We accomplished it. Uh, now it's time to move on to the next one. So with that said, uh, now. This next segment, we'll we'll jump in. We'll take a look at the offense and defense uh, from the backyard brawl. So I'm just going to run through some stats real quick. Uh, we won't dive too deep into the numbers. Um, the reason why I think with this game is it really wasn't about rank. Uh, where you are offensively, defensively, passing, rushing. Um, this was about winning and losing, right? This is just the game we had to get. And however we had to get it, scrape, claw, fight, and strain, um, we just needed to win. And we did that. But we will go through some stats real quick. So, uh, as we know, Garrett Green went out in the second series. Uh, you know, he only... Had two pass attempts. Uh, seems like he has a high ankle sprain. I, I believe he's out for two to three weeks uh, is what I've seen. So insert Nico uh, Marchio for, for the remainder of the game. And he finished six for nine for 60 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I thought he played pretty good. Um, you know, he managed the game. And like Neil said, you know, a lot of times you don't win it, you lose it. Right? The players lose the game. There's things that they do that they shouldn't do and so I think with that Nico really became a game manager and I know that gets such a negative label but sometimes that's just what you need right when when your quarterback isn't the playmaker uh you know because he's young he's he's a redshirt freshman he's not going to go out there and sling it all over the yard because he's just not there yet maybe one day he can get there but right now He's not. He, uh, his role in in the game plan at that point was just to get the ball into the right hands, and he certainly did that. And even one, he called his own number on an RPO and got a first down. Um, so he did what he had to do. I thought he looked pretty poised 
uh, for a redshirt freshman uh, in a big environment like that, you know, you, you don't know if you're going to start or not. Certainly, you know, he, he knew he was going to be a backup, but things happened. He got thrust in there, and uh, I think he handled himself very well. And, you know, for whatever reason, if Garrett Green continues uh, to be hampered by injuries through the season, um, which could be likely, you know, because he does run the ball a lot, I, I feel comfortable with, with Nico in there. Now, he's going to have to get more reps, and certainly he's going to have to raise his game a little bit uh, because we can't continue to to run the game plan we did against Pitt. Uh, that worked perfectly for them because that's where Pitt was vulnerable, and that's where we were, were strong in, in that running game. But eventually teams are going to figure that out, and um, they will try to shut down our run and force Nico to beat us. So at that point, his game is going to have to um, take a step up. <clears throat> but overall, for, for the pit game, uh, I, I think he handled it very well. Uh, C.J. Donaldson rushed uh, 18 carries for 102 yards and a touchdown. Uh, C.J. was C.J. You know, he he pounded it in there. And man, I'll tell you what, when he, when he runs the ball, it just looks different. You know, we, we supplemented Jalen Anderson. And he had 19 carries for 62 yards. Uh, not overly impressive, but you know what? He he got the job done. He he came in, uh, allowed CJ to get us some breathers, and then I think even CJ had a slight injury. I, I I couldn't tell. I think Neil said he seemed to be a little uh, hesitant with you know coming off that injury, so maybe he just wanted to be 100% sure it wasn't anything serious. So Jalen came in. And, you know, he, he filled in nicely. Uh, like I said, nothing amazing. But I'll tell you, when CJ runs the ball, it just looks different. Man, he just plows himself into, you know. Uh, it, it's great to see to have that physicality in the run game. Like I said before in the previous segment, I, I think that was something we were lacking. Um, and, and he certainly brings it to the table for us. Like, he's not afraid to get up in there. And he even said, and, and it's true, that the first guy is not going to get him down. Uh, it's just not going to happen. And rarely do you see him lose yards. Um, you know, kind of always seems to fall forward. And it's those little things right there that really are crucial to the offense. Because uh, I think it sets a tone and a mentality that, you know, we, as far as the run game, we are not going to back down from our opponent. So, you know, they, they better be ready. Um, so as far as rushing, you know, we totaled 51 carries for 151 yards, um, about three yards a carry. So on paper, it doesn't look amazing. Uh, you know, we, we always said that 200 is that magic number you want to get to, uh, where Neil's virtually undefeated. Um, but we didn't have to today or on Saturday, I should say. Uh, we didn't have to get to 200. 150 did the trick. And, it, and you know, Neil still has a, a great record when we rush for over 100 yards. Um, so, like I said, on paper, it, it doesn't look amazing. But in in action, when you watch the game, uh, we were just wearing them out, you know, three, four, five yards at a time. Um, and, and I think that was part of the game plan and the mentality that we had to just take it to them and wear them down. And that's exactly what happened. Now, receiving wise, um, 
it, it left a little to be desired. You know, you, you wish you could have seen more, but of, of course, that changes when Garrett goes out. And like I said before, Neil even said the playbook shrunk significantly. So it, it's, it's difficult to expect a young guy to start throwing it all over the place when even your starter probably won't do that. You know, he, he probably has more of a 60-40 balance running to passing. So when he's not going to throw it, you really shouldn't expect your backup to do it. Although I think Marquio, uh, in the long run, is is a better passer. But Cole Taylor had a great game. Uh, three receptions, 21 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Devin Carter had a reception. Preston Fox had a great snag uh, that really bailed out Nico. It was kind of high. It was on a third down. Uh, he just reached up, reached up, got it, brought it down. Um, so kudos to him. And also Hudson Clement. Got in the action, uh, you know, carrying over his his game from last week. But overall, we had 60 receptions, or I'm sorry, six receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. Again, these aren't things that jump off the page, these stats. But in the context of the game, Cole Taylor with three receptions, that's huge, right? He he was our leading receiver, and he got our only passing touchdown. Um, So things like that, like I said, in the context of the game... Three receptions was a lot because we just weren't throwing it, uh, you know, due to the changes in the game plan. Uh, so overall, I, I thought the the offense looked good for what we were asked to do and what needed to be done to get the win. We did it. Um, and, and really, that's all you can ask for. Uh, and we could have won three to nothing. And I would I would have been happy because it was just a win. That's what we needed. Um. For Pitt, uh, you know, for us defensively and Pitt offensively, um, you know, we held them to 130 yards rushing uh, on 36 carries. And really a bulk of that came from the first drive. Uh, I think after that, they may have gotten 60 total. Uh, Jerkovic, not a great game. 8 for 20, 81 yards and 3 interceptions. So I have to give our defense amazing credit. Uh Part of that, I think, is Jerkovic is uh, a little subpar this season, you could say. Uh, That might be the nice way of saying it. But I think our D-line really muddied the waters for him. Uh, I think it got him off balance. And I think our secondary really muddied the waters for him, too. Because I I know people have said that there were guys wide open. And that may be true, but if you can't see them, then he can't throw to it. so I think that's a 50-50. I, I, certainly he has work to do uh, for Pitt. But I also think our defense played uh, a huge role in that. And it was nice to see so many West Virginia guys uh, make some plays out there, offensively and defensively. Uh, I know Sean Martin had a huge play. Um, again, Trey Lathan, uh, redshirt freshman. Uh, I think he's coming to his own after three games. It looks like w- between him and Lee Koba, our, our linebacking, linebacking core is really solidifying itself um, as, as, as a threat. Um, Passing-wise, like I said, they had 81 yards. Uh, they really um, spread the ball around. They had about six different guys uh, catch the ball. But again, we, we held them in check right after that first series. It, it wasn't much after that. Um, and obviously the... Um, the difference was the turnovers. Uh, if, if you look at the total stat lines, like I said, it, it's pretty even. And I even did that in my preview 
um, as far as the, the difference in the teams, the margin was so slim, right? And that's why it was it was such a uh, a low scoring game. Um, you know, they're both kind of equal in their rushing and their defense. What what they want to focus on, you know, Pitt and West Virginia. Uh, let's see, Trey Lathan he led with uh, eight tackles. Anthony Wilson had seven. Beanie Bishop had seven. Koba had seven. Bartlett had five. Uh, I believe we sacked him. Looks like only one time, but we had five tackles for a loss. And uh, we just had a lot of hurries. I know that's not really a stat that's officially kept. I know more analytics keep that. Um, But we had a lot of hurries, uh, a lot of pressures. Um, You know, quite a few times Jerkovic was was scrambling around trying to find something. I, I really think our defense is just... They've played so good so far. Uh, again, you know, we did go to Penn State on the road, and that looked rough. But there were reasons for that. You know, Penn State, so far, it looks like they're a, they're a legit top 10 team. And obviously, we made adjustments in our personnel. Uh, Malachi Ruffin, uh, what a great game. And what a great story. Like, you know, we talked about Hudson Clement last week. But Malachi Ruffin, this kid has stuck with it since day one. Um you know, he was a walk-on. He eventually earned a scholarship, and I think this is his sixth year in the program, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, fifth year. Uh, and he finally got the nod to, to to be a starter. You know, he's he's played some before, but this is really um, a time for him to thrive. And and boy, he's he's done a great job. And again, that's just such a, such a great story about college football is seeing guys like that come in. Um, so kudos to him. Like I said, Sean Martin had a big one. Uh, Mike Lockhart had a big tackle. Uh, and I and I like this um, rotation that we're having on the D-line. It really seems to be working great because I think it's giving guys some breathers. So uh, we're constantly just throwing guys and throwing bodies uh, at the opposing offensive line. And when you get breaks like that, we have that many bodies to rotate through. They're not getting worn down by the fourth quarter, right? They're still, their stamina is still top notch and they're still getting after it. Uh, and certainly that helps with the secondary, right? When you can get pressures, uh, the secondary is going to perform a lot better. And I thought that the secondary was a real strength, you know, going into this game, into the season, we knew it was it would be a weakness. And like I said, last episode, you're not sure how weak that is compared to your opponent, right? Can the strengths of your team outweigh that weakness? Well, in this case, when your weakness suddenly becomes your strength, uh, that really, uh, it's hard to stop. You know, that that's, that's such a, a, a difficult thing for the opposing offense to figure out. And obviously that showed with the three turnovers. Uh, you know, two of those were kind of, in our lap, you could say, uh, but we took advantage of it, especially on on the returns for those. And then Malachi Ruffin had a great one, you know, diving forward after a tipped ball. Uh, so overall, offense, defense, um, you know, they played great. I'm not really going to rate it or grade it. Like I said, by the numbers, you would look like it's a C, maybe even a D. The numbers aren't great, especially offensively. But in the context of the game, uh, they did what they needed to do. 
Um, and like I said, this wasn't a, a graded game. I believe one of the raspy voice kids even said that. He's like, there's no grade for this. It's either pass fail. And certainly we passed the test. So uh, in that sense, you know, the team does get an A because we won and we needed it. Um, but individually, I, I, I think we saw a lot of guys step up and start to make plays, you know, something we haven't seen in, in, in quite a few years, especially at the tight end, right? That's something we've never, we probably haven't had since Wesco um, and significantly even since Anthony Beck. So to see a tight end get involved in the offense in that way is it, such a boost, uh, you know, especially for a young guy like Nico or even a guy like Garrett, uh, kind of have that security blanket. So uh, that's my assessment of the game overall. Um, you know, if I would say you can agree with me, you can disagree with me. Um, and I think that'll probably close it out for this one. Uh, later in the week, we'll jump into some, some of my ratings and then we'll look into Texas Tech and see what we can expect from the Red Raiders this Saturday. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and I invite you to tune in to episode 10 as I preview the Texas Tech game for this Saturday and reveal my college football ratings for week four. Remember, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Just search Trust the Beard. And for more media content, follow me on Twitter or X and Facebook at EarBeard. That's E-E-R-B-E-A-R-D. Thanks again for listening. And as always, let's go Mountaineers!